Welcome to Rocktail Hour, an hour's worth of rockin' good time in about 15 minutes with your buddies Tim, Treg, and our special guest, Quinn. Three old guys that are a testament to the fact that rock and roll keeps you young. In each Rocktail Hour, we bring you our favorite stories behind the greatest rock and roll tunes of all time and other interesting musings about the music and the rockers who inspire us. Rocktail Hour is an affiliate of Amazon.com. Uh, another shameless plug for my legal thriller, Until Murder Do Us Part. It's available on Amazon for just $2.99 for the ebook. Today, Tim is going to bring us a story behind Joy to the World by Three Dog Night. Joy to the World. The Lord has come. That's right. <laughs> we didn't mention that Quinn is not a, a third old guy. Quinn is, right. Quinn is a young guy. <laughs> but we like Quinn, and, and he has a lot of knowledge of, of music, and so we've included him in our little group for, I appreciate for a bit. Um, well, uh, Jeremiah was a bullfrog, <laughs> right? Um, you know, he was a good friend of mine. Yeah. Easily one of the most recognizable lyrics in, in rock and roll true. history. Would you agree with me? Yes. Uh, yes right. True. And, and one of the most sung lyrics, I would think, I think, uh, you know, people of all ages identified with that song and, and even people, you know, in the early seventies who still kind of maybe look down on rock and roll. Uh, I think embrace this song because first of all, it's it's joyful, joy to the world, mm -hmm. and and it's just catchy and and it has a, it just has a nice message and um, and also I think that um, you know because it talks about a bullfrog, and <laughs> that's just odd you know right. it's not odd now but it was you know it was kind of odd then I think it still seems odd to me yeah <laughs> and we're gonna get to where. Uh, where Jeremiah the Bullfrog came from. But uh, I'm just interested. Can you name any other uh, famous animals of rock and roll songs? Um, the Walrus. Yeah, I am, I am the, the Walrus. walrus. Mm -hmm. Octopus's Garden. Octopus's Garden. Ricky Raccoon. Is Rocky that about Raccoon, Rocky, yeah. Rocky Raccoon. So apparently the Beatles only ever wrote about <laughs> yeah, animals. That's right. <laughs> uh, Crocodile Rock. Yep. Oh, yeah, okay. And that classic, classic rock tune, what does the fox say? <laughs> so Changed so many lives. Yes, that's right. That's right. A hound dog, Elvis. Uh, yeah, hound dog. Uh, I love this song, and I love Three Dog Night. Um, I think that Three Dog Night has real happiness in all of their songs. I can't think of very many um, songs that just don't uh, evoke some some type of really positive emotion. I don't think there's really any negative songs other than maybe one you know, one is the loneliest number. That's kind of a sad song. But most of their songs are really happy and upbeat. But they have more depth to them than just, um, you know, like a, a teenager-y bubblegum feel. Uh, they, they definitely have a, a real rock feel. Although, um, this uh, song for them was kind of a double-edged sword. Because there were there were some people who really didn't take them very seriously as a true rock and roll band. And, and when this became undeniably their biggest hit of all time and mm. for, in, in many minds it was cemented that that they were a little shallow uh but i certainly don't subscribe to that i think that uh this makes them uh they were a great band and this song absolutely shot them into rock and roll history um just for the mere fact that that everyone embraced this song i mean my parents who hated rock and roll would <laughs> sing this song you wow. know in the yeah, cars as we're yeah. driving down the road so um, Three Dog Night, you know where the name came from? I do. Okay, go ahead. Share it with us. Well, I know that it, it, I don't know exactly where it came from, but I know it relates to the coldness of the night. In Australia. 
Was it Australia? Oh, dingoes. Yeah. Dingoes. <laughs> dingoes. Yeah. Yeah. They'd sleep with their dogs when it got super cold. Right. Yeah. And if it was a three-dog night, it was a That's really cold, cold night. Cold, yeah. 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 If you just cuddled up with one dog, it was yeah. it was chilly. It was chilly. <laughs> so um, three-dog night was an interesting band. Um, they had good songwriters. Uh, Corey Wells was a great songwriter. Corey Wells wrote one of the greatest songs in rock and roll history, if you ask me, and that's um, You Can Keep Your Hat On, Right. And the band didn't want to record Corey Wells' song, so he gave it to, or I'm sure he sold it, to Joe Cocker. Joe Cocker made it very famous. Uh-huh. But I heard Corey Wells sing that song in 2008, and they should have recorded it huh. because it was incredible. Um, Corey Wells, up until his death, was an incredible singer. And um, because of Joy to the World, I think that most people thought that Chuck Negron was their main singer. And there were actually three lead singers of Three Dog Night. There was Corey Wells, there was Randy Hutton, and of course, Chuck Negron. And each of them uh, had different songs that they sing. They had a little bit of, of, of different music stylings, but they were all great. Um, Chuck Negron uh, left the band in 1976. Um, on his website, I looked this up, and the only thing I can see is that he had a drug problem, needed to take care of it, but he's never joined the band, and he says, well, it's up to those guys, and those guys are in parentheses, and he says, I say those guys because that's sort of the relationship that we have now, oh, wow. but, I, but I'd love to go back and, and be a part of it if they'd have me. Interesting, type of a thing. interesting. Yeah, I thought he was just totally out of it because of drugs and didn't even have the talent to join them anymore, but that's interesting. Apparently, he still tours, and, and that's according to his website, so I don't know. You know, uh, As recently as uh, the last 10 years, it looks like he's done a little bit of time again in jail. and um, <laughs> So he's, he's struggled over the years, but uh, clearly an icon of the times. And now, Treg and I went to see Three Dog Night in 1988, and for whatever reason, I was stupid enough to think that we'd seen Chuck Negron, but he no. hasn't sung with them <laughs> since 1976. But I'll yeah. tell you, I saw them in 88. I saw them again in 2008, and they are really, really great. Although yeah. I yeah. think it would be difficult for them now without Corey Wells. He, um, I didn't realize, but to me, his songs were always the, the heart, of, heart of the band. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't, they didn't necessarily write the songs uh, that they sung. Uh, but man, they had some great people writing songs for mm-hmm. them, and these are names from the '70s that that you may recognize: Paul Williams. Um, there was Hoyt Axton. Uh, there was Randy Newman wrote songs for them, and Harry Nielsen. And if we had about four hours to do a podcast sometime, we could talk about Harry Nielsen, <laughs> who was the most famous rocker you never heard about. He's incredible. It'd Harry be a good Nielsen. documentary title. Yeah, <laughs> well, famous rocker you never yeah. heard about. Well, right? actually, there is a documentary on Netflix. It's called "Who's Harry Nielsen," and I would oh. I would say if you are you a go. fan of music of the '60s and the '70s, the Beatles absolutely idolized Harry Nielsen. Wow, and so did David Bowie. Um, people just loved Harry Nielsen. He was a talented guy. He was, sure. and he refused to tour. He would never tour and he would never perform live. So just to give you an idea of who Harry Nielsen is, he's the guy that sang Everybody's Talking and Midnight Cowboy. He's the guy that sings... Um, Put the lime in the coconut. Yeah, absolutely. So every song sounds different. Me and my arrow. Yeah, yeah one is it. the loneliest number. He he wrote that for uh, for Three Dog Night and uh, just, just an incredible talent. That's something that if you ever have some time, look it up because he's great. He wrote all the music for the movie Popeye with Robin Williams. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, interesting. Yeah. Somebody that 
flew under the radar of the public, but people in the industry had immense respect for Harry Nielsen. I, I had heard that, that Three Dog Night intentionally didn't sing the songs that, they had, that, that, that the three members had written because they didn't want to create any jealousy. And that's oh. why they only sang other people's songs. I'd never heard that, but that's, if that's the truth, if that's the truth, then that's great. That's, that's a good story. Hoyt Axton actually wrote this song, oh. um, and uh, he pitched it to Three Dog Night in, in, in uh, 1970, and they put it on one of their albums uh, on the very, very back, and then later they released it as a single in kind of a shortened version with a little more guitar to it, and it was a little more upbeat, and... Uh, and it turned out to be a huge, huge hit. Um, initially, Hoyt was trying to to pitch it to them, and so he he didn't have all of the lyrics written. Uh, initially, it was supposed to be Jeremiah was a prophet, um, you know, because <laughs> okay. in the early seventies there was there was like uh, Spirit in the Sky, for example. There was a, a little bit of uh, of, of Christian uh, interjection into rock and roll music. Um, uh, a la Jesus Christ Superstar, for example. Yeah. And um, so that was kind of a trend. And Jeremiah was something that was trending at the time. So I thought, well, Jeremiah the prophet. And then that didn't seem right. And so um, actually Hoyt, uh, in order to pitch the song, recorded some uh, gibberish lyrics uh, for Three Dog Night. And he, he sang in the very beginning, Jeremiah was a bullfrog, sent it off to the group. And by the time he had written some other lyrics, they'd already cut the song. So, <laughs> so there you go. Another one of those happy accidents that we, you know, so it was, it was the Bob Ross moment for Three Dog Night. But, uh, yeah, what a great song. And, um, so many, for so many years, it's, it's been, uh, uh, Almost like the Beatles' "Yellow Submarine" in a way that I think it's it's an innocent song and it's just a happy song, and little kids sing it. And I think that ultimately, I think that if I were a songwriter, to know that it it spans, it's popular enough for the the young kids, but it also picks up the parents of the young kids, especially at the time when rock and roll, what there was a huge division in in the generation gap, right? I mean, parents didn't think rock and roll was appropriate and the kids were rebellious and thought it was. And, you know, now my kids think classic rock and roll is lame. It's almost like, you know, trying to get them to listen to classical music because it's not rap. And, um, (laughs) and so, I mean, it just spanned the generations. And I think how proud would you be to have written a song where, uh, where so many people embraced it? No, it's so true. I I agree, Tim. There's, uh, there's, not so few, but there's, there's, uh, you know, it's a rare to get such a song that transcends the annals of time, uh, like Jeremiah uh, or uh, Joy to the World. And, uh, you know, y- y- how we view actual like Mozart classical music in 100, 200 years, I think people will still be, you know, popping in Joy to the World and maybe some Journey songs, you know. <laughs> well, I definitely think there will be bands that, that, always stand the test of time. Um, I think Journey's great. Journey is one of my favorite bands, but I don't know if 100 years from now we'll still be listening to Journey. People are going to be listening to the Beatles. I can oh, yeah. see people listening to Led Zeppelin. I yeah. can see people listening to Jethro Tull, and I can see people listening to Three Dog Night. And I know there's skeptics out there that still consider them to be just barely better than a bubblegum band, but I, I think they were. I think they were incredible. One of the things that I think that's interesting about this song is um, most of the songs that they sang, 
had the three guys, Hutton and Wells and Negron, singing all of the vocals, and and interchangeably one of them would take the lead. But all seven members of the band at the time that they were recording sings on sings on this. That's rare. And and, and that's amazing. Wow. And you can you can hear it. You know, when you listen to the song again, you can hear the diversity of the voices and and uh, you know I. I encourage people to go back and listen to it because it's way more complex than I, I think people give it credit for. An interesting thing about the song, not all of the band wanted to record it, and Wells and Hutton were particularly uh, against recording the song, but Chuck Negron uh, pushed for it. He fought for the song. He felt like um, they needed something silly to kind of get the band uh, to uh, be a little more cohesive and just have a little bit of fun. You can credit... Uh, Chuck Negron with making sure that one of the greatest songs in rock and roll history really actually came about. And then another interesting thing is that when it hit number one uh, on the charts, um, it became the first time that a mother and a son had written number one songs. So Hoyt Axton's mother, May Axton, uh, was a co-writer of Heartbreak Hotel for Elvis. No kidding. Yeah. So that's an interesting piece of trivia that we like to share trivia. Joy to the World really is a hymn of of happiness and love in the world. Yeah. It's true. Enjoy some mighty fine wine. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, Jeremiah will help you, right? Help you drink your wine. He does, yeah. That's right. <laughs> I hear he has some mighty fine wine. Well, thanks, Tim. You can listen to a clip from the song on iTunes by clicking on the album link on the Rocktail Hour website. Please email us at dudes at rocktailhour.com if you think we got it all wrong. If you have an interesting rock tale of your own or if you have a recommendation of a song that would be a good subject for Rocktail Hour. Please follow us on Facebook and Twitter and rate us on iTunes, and that will help us share the love with more listeners. Until the next Rocktail Hour, rock on.